Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the (laughs) gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you. Welcome back. This is Erin Lindstrom, and I'm so excited for this week's episode of the podcast. This week, we are talking to Linda Taliaferro, who is one of the most inspiring, smart, like courageous, brilliant women that I've ever met. She is the vice president of global quality for Meritor Inc., which is a leading global supplier of drivetrain, mobility, braking, and aftermarket solutions for commercial vehicle and industry markets. And she is a career coach who helps women kind of navigate the inside of the corporate world to get where they're trying to go, break through the glass ceilings, and really kind of take their trajectory into their own hands using different personal development tools and skills. So this conversation is beautiful and dynamic, and I'm so excited for you to listen. Right. Yay. I'm so excited for this episode. Linda, thank you so, so, so much for joining me for this conversation. Erin, it is beyond an honor. I I can't even express how much I appreciate you thinking of me uh, (laughs) to join your podcast. I'm so excited. It's my pleasure. So we, meeting you, getting to know you, hearing about kind of like your journey uh, to entrepreneurship and through corporate and still being in corporate, I just find you to be such a powerful being and your speaking and the way that you just kind of like share your ideas. I just, I feel like it's so moving. And so I was very excited to have this conversation and kind of like dig in and let people see you and feel you. And I feel like so much gold just comes out of it. So no pressure. <laughs> Thanks. And no like, pressure. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- I feel like it's got to be easy because I feel like you're truly being you and everything. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. So to kind of like start us off, I have a question that I like to ask people to kick us off and it's, it can be a little bit big. You were welcome to take it and interpret it however you would like. Um, And the question is, who are you and how did you get here? (laughs) So yes, that is a big question. Who am I? Um, Wow. That's a great question. You know, Erin, I believe that And I'll tell you, I didn't believe this years ago, but because I've really worked on me and I've gotten to the point that, you know, I really love who I see in the mirror and I I believe I really have connected with my purpose. I am this person, this black woman who was actually, you know, who came here, was put here with a purpose to provide a, I don't know, a, a pathway for other, and I won't say just black women, but other women in general, mm-hmm. to be able to use whatever traumatic experiences they've, they've had, whether they'd be personal, whether they'd be professional, to understand the power that can be found in those and to leverage them, um, to take them forward. And I say that because, you know, yes, I, I mean, I could, you know, my bio's out there, we could talk about school I went to, what I do from my nine to five. Um, But I have found such um, a purpose, such a meaning 
around the business that I started and helping women. But even before I started that business, mm-hmm. mentoring young women, uh, being in conversations over dinner and sharing, um, you know, everything that's happened to me and how those negatives I've learned how to leverage and turn them into strengths. Uh, my daughter, who I, you know, text all the time and try to impart wisdom and she'll be 24 on Saturday, you know, and, and, and it's just blessed my heart for her to reflect back and say, mama, you know, I wish I could be like you. You inspire me so much. I've become to realize that's my purpose. That's who I am. Mm. That's who I am. I used to believe though, Aaron, years and years ago that, you know, I wasn't really worthy. I wasn't worth anything. I'm this super sensitive. I was a doormat. I was, I was a lot of things um, that were not in my eye um, so valuable. But what I grew to understand, and it's through more experiences and wisdom, was that that was all necessary, right? And it shaped who the person that's answering this question today. Um, and, and that's how I got here too. So being that person that is the vessel that, you know, I'm hoping I'm doing what I believe is the purpose and doing it honor to help and guide women so that their landmines aren't as big as mine, so that their path isn't as crooked, um, or as long suffering as mine has been. And therefore, how I got here was through all of those experiences. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, 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 I, and, I, and I, I can't tell you how comfortable I am now. It's just an, uh, it's an unreal thing. I mean, I'm, I'm 58 years old and some, some of it I try, attribute to age, but the majority of it I just attribute to really loving myself and surrounding myself with the right people in my life. I've got the best, most unbelievable husband. And it took me a minute to get that right. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't do it so well with Alexis's father. And, you know, and I've got some unbelievable friends and not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I used to think I needed, mm-hmm. you know, this host of people. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, you know, I, I'm so comfortable in, in who I am the person I just described to you, and I no longer struggle or look back in angst or, or disappointment, Mm -hmm. you know, sure. Should I, would I wish how I got here be somewhat different? Absolutely. But I'm so okay with who I am and how I got here that, which makes it this question just, um, I know it just already, we just opened this and it already just hit my heart, hit my heart (laughs) in your heart. But, uh, but no, that, that's really, that's who I am and, and the road that got me here. Gosh, that is a beautiful answer. Oh. <laughs> like really? Okay. Nailed I mean, it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow. you just, I, I've never had anyone ask me that. That is a phenomenal question. And so what my answer really just flowed from my heart. I, yeah. Cause I, I've never been asked that. I, I just think that that's awesome. You're going to, that's probably going to lay with me now. <laughs> For, for a minute. So, yeah, you can take while. that one with you. Yeah, you yeah I think want. it will. Uh, for sure. I'll reflect on it for yeah. sure. And, and I might use it absolutely in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. It's so beautiful. This idea of being comfortable is so interesting to me. Oh, Aaron. And it's such a hard place to get to. Yeah. And it's, no one talks about it as the be all end all. There no. be rich, be perfect, yes. be beautiful, yes. be whatever, comfortable, comfortable. 
<laughs> Nobody, I love it. They make them comfortable. It's always defined by these um, material things, you mm-hmm. know, money and this and that. And that. No, I'm really talking about, I'm comfortable with me. You know, I like me. I'm, I'm good with where I'm at. I'm good at, with what I see in the mirror. Yeah. And that's hard to get to, especially when I, if you're like me, I've had so many people tell me the opposite. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and it's made such a huge difference in my professional life, uh, in my career. And it's the reason why I, b- I believe I've been able to make the impactful difference um, in the entrepreneurial space that I'm in um, and serving women as I do. So, mm. Can you talk a little bit about, so like when, I just think this, this concept of comfort, of comfort with self yes. to me is revolutionary because like that is not something we're talking about. And I almost think comfort is usually made a negative thing. Like, oh, you're staying in your comfort zone. Like you're mm. not trying things. Oh, you know good I mean? point. Yes. And like yes. we're sold out of comfort and yes. being oh brought God. into comfort. That's fabulous. The way, yes, yes such an awesome point. It's either attached to material things or to your uh, point, it's negative. You right. know, oh, you're not stretching yourself. Oh, you're not really reaching for goals. Oh, you're not, you know, truly walking in your full self for your purpose if you're comfortable. And you're right. It's not positive. Everything we do on social media is the opposite of that. You right. know, we, we, you have this imposter syndrome that clearly, you know, is more prevalent than uh, being comfortableness is. I mean, it's, and that's so, I think it's just, it's really sad. I mean, and I think that's where so many people, the anxiety, I mean, that the, um, the anxiety and depression that certain generations live with now, the younger ones is, a, is because of all of the comparisons and not being able to look in the mirror and know that they are enough. Mm-hmm. I, I sent my daughter a blanket that I found online that has everything that I could have, if I had written it, I can't take credit for it, but explain my heart. And it basically, I remember when she got it and she said, mom is bringing me to tears, send me a text. And I, and I told her this, I said, whenever you're anxious, whenever you have doubt, whenever you're just a bit uncomfortable, wrap yourself in that and know you're enough Mm. because that's what it's about, right? 100%. Yep. That's what It's it's about. It's so interesting because even in those moments of when we have to have like a conscious conversation, something happened, we feel like we're in trouble, like, yes. <laughs> or like we've disappointed someone or they've disappointed us. It, it It's comfort that we're really looking for. And it to is. me, comfort kind of meaning like peace as well. It does. Comfort comes in so many different ways. It's peace. And for some people, it's validation. For some people, it's you know, it, it shows up in various forms. Mm-hmm. And you just brought up something now that we're all unfortunately living in and getting bombarded on TV and everything else is these courageous conversations and this imbalance that's existing in North in in, in the States right now. So, you know, being a black woman, you know, if I say I'm comfortable, I'm extra cautious, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm still comfortable with me. I, I don't allow this to disrupt my square, my solidness, my peace to your point, mm-hmm. um, which I think is excellent. Um, yeah. Am I, am I aware? Absolutely. Do I understand the challenges? No doubt, but I got to show up in that peace and that level of comfort. Right. I mean, I, yeah. if I don't stand in that, then what do I have? Oh, that's so interesting. And I like, that's 
uh, just making me think too about how we're kind of in control of what's happening inside of us and then what's happening outside. Perhaps we have influence, but also to some degree, we're never going to be able to control everything. Absolutely, we're not. Absolutely, we're not. But when, what we can't control, you said it, is what's inside of us and therefore what we project and how we show up. And, be, and I, I, I truly believe because I am so comfortable, because I love who I am, I don't enter situations um, stressed and chaotic and, you know, constant, I talked to a, a client earlier today at an emergency call and everything she, everything she talked about or everything she shared, she somehow saw a negative tilt in it, mm-hmm. everything. And, and I had to let her know that the issue is you, not your boss, mm-hmm. not all these scenarios you're, you're telling me about. It's your mindset. You need to shift. It's no one, it's not really everybody else around you. Sorry to say, you know, and you are, she was projecting upon them her uh, belief system or what she thought their belief system was right. just by nature of what, who they look like. Or how they acted in a situation where she didn't think the response was proper. I mean, it was just so off, but it just really rooted in her mindset and the, her internal challenges. Mm-hmm. Her internal it, challenges. Yep, it's so fascinating. I remember on one of our first calls when I was first like learning about you and your work, you were talking about um, women kind of like being in the workplaces and feeling like. Uh, they're kind of on their own. People are out to get them. There isn't that hand helping them move up. And you having this reframe of like, what if you believed that they were actually like there to help you? Like exactly show up. And I was like, Oh my God, you're right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) What if you shift that, right? Take the time to truly get to know them. That's why I say relationships are everything. Mm -hmm. Allow them to get to know you. It kills all these preconceived. Now, do we have those people? You know, right. of course we've got them. They, they exist. They're everywhere. But nine times out of 10, Aaron, I have found that if you get out of your own way, if you strip these preconceived notions, if you don't make it unnecessarily difficult, if you take the boulders off your shoulders, I mean, like you just carrying mm-hmm. around that, I don't know that you're a female in a male dominated environment, or you're a woman, a person of color and you're uh, true. All of that's true. But if you carry all the boulders around and you have this wall of, I don't think anybody is worth uh, my time. I'm, I'm not here to build relationships. Everybody's against me. No matter what I do, they're out for me. Then you know what I often say? Words have power. You put that out there, that is what you're going to experience. What you focus on is what you experience. I truly mm-hmm. believe that. And if you switch the if you switch your approach and your mindset, and to your point, you think, well, you know what? What if? What if? And you allow yourself to build a relationship, get to know people, allow people to get to know you. Mm-hmm. I have found that they will raise the hand and say, hey, I know Erin, I like her. She should have the opportunity to lead that major initiative. Oh, I know Linda. Yeah, she's really good at that. You're right. Mm -hmm. We should consider her in addition to these other people. That advocacy, that support exists, Mm -hmm. but you have to go and get it. It's not going to come to you just because you think you're all that and your work and your work product's the bomb because you're probably exuding your energy and your spirit is probably tilted like that and you think you're all that. 
you are so right. You are so right. People have to shift their mentality, shift their mindset and allow, allow some comfort to come in and open their minds, Mm -hmm. open their hearts and their minds. Mm, I love that. Is there, so as someone like you teach this, you also embody this, like this is to me, it's who you are, right? And what you do. Yeah. Was, is this something, did you have a moment where something kind of like clicked and you saw things a different way or is this yes. who you've always been? Yeah. No. Okay. no. <laughs> I wish I could say. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, actually, Erin, um, it had happened to me professionally is when I started making all the connections to the personal things and my, and my issues, you mm-hmm. know, owning my issues so I could reshape them, reframe them and shift. And, and when it happened is I was um, er- somewhat early in my career. I did have a lower level managerial role. So I was, I had people, just a few reporting to me. And I remember getting some feedback. And at the time in my career, I thought, oh, okay, clearly it's going to be negative. Everybody thinks feedback's negative, right? Yeah, we get scared. And, <laughs> yeah, we get scared, right? And so I just immediately knew it was going to be, and it was, but when I really took the time to pay attention, it was freaking invaluable. Mm -hmm. And the feedback I was given was that, Linda, most people within five minutes to 10 minutes max, you dismiss them. You make a judgment on whether or not they're smart as you, or they know the answer, or they this and that and the other. You make a judgment and you really tune out. You're not even listening. And I, Aaron, at first I was like, oh, that's not me. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. I'm, an, I'm the nicest person. <laughs> you know, I mean, I really prided myself on being nice and engaging, whatever. But when I, when I had to take the time to reflect, and I asked them for examples, and I'll be doggone, Aaron, they gave me examples <laughs> of literal people that I'd done it. And when I reflected on the conversations in my mind's eye, it was right. They were right. I was not that warm, welcoming person. I was dismissive. I was judgmental. Complete opposite of who I wanted to be. And what I learned was, Erin, because I grew up, you know, having to be perfect and work so hard. And, you know, my father left when I was nine and I, he's to this passed away now, but never has said I loved you. All those things had, you know, aunt say, oh, you're ugly, you're this, they, other. I built up this need to be better than, right? Because mm-hmm. my mother constantly told me, you got to work hard, work hard, be better than. And so I was so focused on trying to be so good, so better than, so that I don't get dismissed, so that I don't get mistreated, so that I don't get set aside. It's all that childhood stuff, right? 100%, yep. Yes. And so therefore, if you come in the room or clearly I'm the big dog because my title's different. It's on a business card. I'm the manager, you know, so let me, and, and, and that's not who I wanted to be. When I really dug deep in my heart, peeled back the onion, that's not who I wanted to be. That's not who I wanted to represent. And on top of that, how am I going to really be a leader? Cause leaders influence people. Mm. You can't influence people if they don't trust you. Who's going to trust somebody like that? Mm. Oh, those are such good questions. You know what I'm saying? Then who's going to do that, right? So that was the turning point for me that forced me to do a true introspective look at myself and understand, yeah, Linda, everybody knows you're good at what you do, but they don't like being around you 
or people that report to you really, man, they, you know, they're nervous, they're shaken before they walk in your office. God, what kind of environment is that? So that's when I figured out something's off. That's not who I am. And I stumbled my way through figuring out how to nail that root cause mm-hmm. and then being vulnerable enough to own it because mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with what I did at work. It had a lot to do with what was in here and, and how, and those light, those childhood issues. Once I was vulnerable enough to own that. And frankly, I did get, you know, I went through some bad decisions, got some therapy, but that's when it shifted for me, that feedback. It, Cause it really, I remember after I thought about it for a while, Aaron, it kind of broke my heart. Yeah. I, I was treating people the way people treated me. Do you know right. what I'm saying? It, it not, no, I couldn't have that anymore. Yeah. I couldn't have that anymore. That was the turning point. Amazing. It's almost like a defense mechanism. It sounds like, oh, of like, putting, like here's my wall. You can't hurt me. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. And wow. I had to learn. And that's, th- th- those are the nuggets. That's the, and I did, had to do some hard introspective work, but it's paid off in the long run. And that's what led me to the comfortableness. That's what led me to looking in a mirror. And yes, Linda, you have a lazy eye. So what? Love it. Yes, Linda, you're dark skinned. So what love, you know, all that stuff, you know, yes. Okay. Your dad said he didn't love you. Okay. Forgive him for that. Right. Mm -hmm. You did the forgiveness piece, you know, do it for you. Mm -hmm. Um, All that work that we hear about and some of us don't like talking about, and we think it's separate from what we do as entrepreneurs or what we do either as people in corporate America, we think Mm -hmm. it's separate. Mm -hmm. It is not. No, it's all connected. (laughs) connected because uh, we are who we are and yeah. how we show up is shaped by so many things. Oh, this is just such an important conversation. Cause I think we all have some version of this, unless we're somehow open hearted and just like, you know what I mean? Most of us are unpacking something and unlearning something and like trying to move forward and grow. And I, I resonate with what you just said so much. I personally, how this kind of like showed up for me was I'm a comedian. I do comedy still, but for years. And I think as um, kind of like a teenager growing into adulthood, I would use comedy to be mean. Uh, and like I remember my mom even giving me feedback of like, this hurts. Like I understand that uh, you're funny, but you're hurting me. And I was like, okay. Whoa. And then from there, you know, kind of took it, but also it's your mom. So maybe yeah. a grain of, with a grain of salt of like, okay, whatever, like whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm amazing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then, but moving into college and like hearing my, like there would just be a couple moments where I could see the pain inflicted wow. and, or having like that morning after of like, Oh, wow. Like, and cause yeah. you create distance sometimes even yep. looking. And it's this yep. interesting form of like, I think especially with comedy and humor, you can feel a connection because there's laughter for a second, mm-hmm. but also you push them away with the content of your joke. Yes. Or you can. This, you can. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And it's so interesting to me, like just to what you were saying, the the point of how how you how you kind of are in one world is kind of how you are in all the world. All worlds. Yes, ma'am. Yep. And, and if it's not a hundred percent of you, it's a piece of you, but you're mm-hmm. this, you're still the same person. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it kind of just like shows you those inner blocks. So I always find it so interesting. Like a lot of times I work with people on money mindset and their sales stuff. And if we didn't feel safe as kids, yeah. then we look for money for safety and like, uh, uh-uh, we just copy yep. and paste whatever was there. 
Yes. Yes. And it's that same thing that you're saying of like, well, I need to be a certain way. I need to have a certain amount. I have to be doing, 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 doing to be okay. Otherwise money won't be there. Otherwise money won't be there. Mm -hmm. And that, that scarcity thing. I mean, I was raised in the household of that. My mother was born in 1928. So you can understand her mentality. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, and I, I mean, oh my gosh, using the toothpaste until it actually I mean, (laughs) you know, I say this, but, you know, when you're raised like that, that, oh my gosh, I'm afraid, okay, I can't throw this away yet because still, you know, that much left in there, let's squeeze. And, you know, I mean, oh my gosh, how that shaped me, right? It shaped me. I rip paper towels in half to this day because I can't bring myself to (laughs) the small one. It's these little things that you're like, this is normal. Like, uh, this. Or it's showing you how you grew up and what your it, is. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And the opportunity that exists there, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, the opportunity to see how limiting some of that was. Mm-hmm. And when you can take a fresh perspective at it and really understand it, oh, the liberation is unreal. And I think that's also where some of my comfort level came from. You know, I actually liberated myself from some of that stuff, you know, that I grew up in. Um, You know, I remember having a, I mean, I'm 58. I shared this already, right? I think if I was, it's fairly recent, might've been 55. (laughs) I'm serious. 54, Mm -hmm. 55, where I had to have a conversation with my mother that I probably should have had when I was 25, 30, 35. No joke. Had it for the first time. During a family reunion, she had been mistreating my husband, Chris, for I don't know how long. And he had just sucked it up, sucked it up, sucked it up. My ex-husband, for whatever reason, she just like, like he walked on water. Like she, it was just unbelievable. But this particular time we were home, Alexis brought some guests. My mom embarrassed Alexis, which angered me, mm-hmm. related to stepdad dad which we don't even use stepdad Mm -hmm. but she's made a comment and then she said she did something to chris that deeply hurt him such that he stayed in the hotel and didn't come around aaron i'm sitting on the patio i can see it right now i'm crying because part of it's fear it's this mother who's you know been this and you know has scared me half my life but all that stuff from being five, six, seven, fifteen, eighteen, twenty, all of that came out mm-hmm. at fifty-five years old. Taught my cousins were sitting there as support, two of them. One's like a sister of me, and they kept doing what you're doing, nodding yep. the head, right? <laughs> they kept in support of me mm-hmm. to keep going. Man, Aaron, I mean, that took most of my life. Yeah. But it was a, it was just releasing all the limitations. It was the liberation I needed that I, oh my gosh, wish I had gotten years ago with her. Mm-hmm. And, and that was something because it was just four or five years ago, but it's yet take me to another level of comfort mm-hmm. that I really can sit in who I am as a person, mm-hmm. right? Fully who I am and be okay with it. Although there may be stuff in who I am that she doesn't like, but that's her issue, not mine. Or as I say, and I'm not going to put in my wagon, push and pull. Mm. I can't express how much when we let go of limiting beliefs and when we can see beyond, you know, what we believe, you know, the, the walls that we put up for ourselves, 
when we actually can reach over top and see that there is life over on top, over top of those mm-hmm. and that there's goodness over there and all this other wonderful stuff, man. And I really believe that's where, yeah. I mean, I, cause I, I've not arrived and I'm still growing in comfort and I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think an interesting idea too, is that like, I, I wrote down, as you said that, like the word liberation feels yes. very strong and like very important. And yes. This idea that maybe liberation is a process, it oh, sounds like. Clearly, definitely a, a journey, definitely a process, for sure, Erin. And it will take potentially things to happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and how you react and handle them for that liberation to grow over time, right? And so I do believe it's a process. I believe it comes in phases. Um, and then we get to a point where we feel like we are, we're totally allowed to be who we are. We totally liberated. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, and I just, I don't know. It's just, it's just been a wonderful, a painful, but wonderful experience for me. Yeah. That, that I, uh, I don't know, that goes back to your first question at the beginning <laughs> that has shaped who I am. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, you just said something that I feel like is another just like amazing point, which is like you said, it's, I think you said painful and beautiful. Yes. Painful and wonderful. Yeah. And the fact that like, the inner work, the journey to comfort is sometimes hard <laughs> and maybe always like has hard and challenges in it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, which is interesting to me because personal development is painted with such rainbows and butterflies. It sure is. Isn't Sit it? on a meditation pillow and like your life is going to be so good. <laughs> right. Okay. But can, so sometimes like, it's interesting. I've had these conversations with just my ex-boyfriend is really who comes to mind. And the question of like, why do the work? Like, why show up for that if it's going to be hard? Mm. Do you have, like, do you speak to clients who are like, okay, I see what you're saying, but like, oh, I don't know if I want to touch that. Oh yeah. And they don't touch it at first. Right. Mm-hmm. And they don't, it, it, it's work. It's funny. I've got a client in California it took her forever to do that work, but you know, and I share with them, look, the alternative is you don't, and you're right where you are today. Mm-hmm. Nothing changes. So help me understand. Now, fear is real, mm-hmm. right? Fear is real. And, and, and it is fear. But it's false evidence appearing real. I tell my clients this all the time. False evidence appearing real. Love it. You think you, out of fear, fear is making you believe that because it's hard, it will therefore not be worth it. Fear is making you make that wrong connection, that hard equals lack of value, hard equals not worth it, hard. Fear is making you think that. Mm. So if you take that false evidence that fear is giving you and flip it, and I even often, I often say to them, okay, if, if nothing else I've said to you makes sense, what do you have to lose if you try it? <laughs> I mean, you know, if right. I... You know, I mean, if everything else I've said to you still isn't getting it, what do you, 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 you'll have the pleasure of saying, Linda, I told you so. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, right. But I, I tell you, Aaron, I have not had a client yet today in the three years I've been in business and I've worked with many, many women, mm-hmm. not one that has not taken the leap, although fearful, although reluctant, Although all those things, but has jumped in, jumped in totally, did all the hard work and they 
not a single one has yet to come out on the other side much better, much better off, mm-hmm. highly uh, um, in touch, a uh, lot more comfortable, yeah. and being able to perform at a whole different level because of how they show up. I've even had clients, Erin, physically look different. Oh, I believe that. Yep. And when it first happened, when I first saw it, it blew me away. Mm-hmm. But I've seen them physically. I had one client even tell me, Linda, because of this work, I changed, I've changed my lifestyle. When I get up in a I get dressed differently. I actually put on makeup now. I mean, their whole, and that, I mean, we're working on career, right? Right, right, we gotta right. Do the, we got to do the personal stuff, the introspective work first. Uh, yeah. So yes. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's hard, but it's, oh my gosh. It, it's, it's so it's worth it, right? Oh, so worth it. I can't yeah. even put into words how much it's worth it. Yep. Do you feel like everyone and anyone is capable of doing this work or do you feel there's like a certain type of person that it really takes to kind of go through this process to become more of themselves? You know, I believe everyone is capable. Mm-hmm. Because capable is one thing, mm-hmm. right? But the difference is the deep desire for change. You know, I've I've come come across some people that I realize that um, they, no matter what you did with them, their ability to see a need for change. Um, will probably never show itself. Mm. And I think it was, it, they're so ingrained in, I mean, it's just like being in quicksand. They're just so ingrained in what they believe to be true and what they believe about themselves and that no matter what anyone says, uh, and, and they, I have found, I've not worked with them, but I've found, because uh, I keep, I'll follow them, they continue to struggle mm-hmm. and not understand why. So capability, yes. I believe everybody's yeah. capable. You have to recognize one that you need that something's wrong and what you've been doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. Okay. So having that at least that minimal amount of awareness. Yep. Something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Clearly what I'm doing is not working. I don't know why it's wrong. I don't know what to, you know, that's different. Um but if you don't even have that and you think it's everybody else in the world, you know, it's, it, again, those people exist. Right. Then, um, then yeah, the, it, this, this type of work that I'm talking about will fall flat for them. Yeah. Uh, okay. They still have the capability. They just have to be willing to, un, to un- unleash that capability. Yeah. I love that, that it kind of comes down to the choice. Like it's we a, can, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can all eat from the buffet, but you have to like get up and walk to the buffet to get something oh, off of it. Oh my gosh. I love the word choice. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Interesting. Mm -hmm. How, so, okay. I have two questions for you. My brain's going in a million directions. (laughs) I love this conversation. Um, The first one is for someone who maybe is listening to this and is in a career and they're like, oh my God, she's speaking to me. Like, (laughs) what would you say? Like, is there a first step or like, so say you're in the position where you're like, "Uh uh-oh, like I, I am this person. Something is not right. I don't know exactly what it is. Like, where would you recommend they kind of like start with getting into the work? Uh, Start with getting into the work is, I mean, if you can't do anything else at all, you need to bridge that gap of what you just said. I don't know what it is. 
right? So, in, and the way to find out what it is is similar how I found out feedback. Mm. Go get feedback. Don't be afraid of it. Go ask your coworkers. Go if you have a human resources department and they can implement a 360, do that. Get as much information fed into you about who you are, what you do, and how you do it, how you show up. Mm-hmm. That's the critical first step. Is I a, love that. And yeah. it sounds terrifying. It's absolutely <laughs> terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. It absolutely is. Because we don't know what people are going to say. And we're opening ourselves up, you know. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's the beauty in it. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty in it. Feedback is powerful. How people see you. There's no other way to know how people truly see you unless you allow them to tell you. Mm. You can perceive. Oh, that was so good. I have like, oh, I, I, my whole body just kind of went like wanted to shrink for a second <laughs> because you're so right. And it's yes. interesting. I invited like some clients last week to go post on Instagram and ask people like, what are three to five words that describe you? Ask your friends, ask your family, ask your partners. And this was from like a positive feedback standpoint, because not only do, is it hard to see our weaknesses, but I think it's also sometimes really hard to oh, see yeah. our strengths. Yeah, to have people praise you, you're like, oh, yeah. wait a minute, that, is that me? No, it can't be. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, so I love, I love the call to action to like, go get some feedback. What an oh, easy like place to start that's accessible. It's, it's, it's boom, you said the word, it's accessible. Mm-hmm. It's accessible. People, you know, it, people are willing to let you know. You ask, right. they'll tell you, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and those are, you know, the things that sometimes I, I tell people, look, and if you don't know what to ask, ask these questions. What should I keep doing? What should I stop doing? What should I start doing? Three simple questions, right? Yes, I love that. You don't know how to get the feedback. There you go. Ask those three questions. And that's enough to spark a conversation. Some people will just answer those flat Mm -hmm. out. Some people will answer them and give you more to spark Mm -hmm. the conversation. But that's it, Erin. Get yourself some feedback. And when you get all that information, then the key is, okay, now what do I do? Yeah, then we can make a plan from there. Then we get, right, you can make a plan from there. You might want to reach out to someone to help you put that plan together. But if you don't have that feedback, I I really think you're missing an extremely critical, large link in the chain towards Mm -hmm. your development and growth. Absolutely. I love that. I think that's really, really valuable advice. Thank you for that. Oh, sure. Um, When it comes to, so it's interesting because you're focused on professional development, right? Mm -hmm. But it's really personal. Like you have to develop the person to develop the professional to get where you're going in your career. Yes. And so I'm wondering, can you talk a little bit about like, how has doing this work shaped or not shaped like who you are and how you are as like a wife and a mother and in Mm. all the other like aspects of your life? Oh my gosh. Awesome question. You are just phenomenal. (laughs) Thank you. So what, one, one of the things it's, it's really helped me in doing this work as a, as a wife, we'll start with that, is um, continue to sharpen my ability to understand that people handle situations differently, process information differently, and it's allowed me to interact with my husband in ways that I haven't probably been so very good at interacting Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, some things he'll do or say, I'm like, wow, my client just did that, you know, and yeah. 
And and he even, what's so funny, Aaron, is I'm here at home in my office and he'll hear me talking to clients and then we'll do something. He'll say, well, you didn't tell so-and-so. And I was like, oh my gosh, you just <laughs> use that. But it's allowed me to, and he even takes it into work. He's like, I get, I get that stuff for free. I was like, yeah, you do. But um, so my interaction with him, my level of understanding of how, because he may process things differently than I do, all of my clients process information differently. That's why I, my services are not cookie cutter. I can't deliver them in a cookie cutter fashion because the, we're doing introspective work and career work and everybody processes differently. Everybody's situations are differently. So that's how it's helped me greatly as a, as a, as a wife. As far as a mom, my daughter is 24 and uh, will we'll be 24 on Saturday. And man, has that helped me allow her to truly just be, I've always done it. I thought, mm-hmm. I think I've gotten, <laughs> I think I've gotten better at, put it mm-hmm. that way, allowing her to really be her and walk in her authentic self mm-hmm. in her way. But it's also helped me sharpen my ability to advise her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I fold, my connection with my clients are more than just I mean, we really have a connection. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I mean, I fly, my first session, wherever you are, I fly to you. Like when I went to, cause I wanted to look at her face. I wanted to be across, this was before social distancing and stuff. I wanted to be in the, in that, in the room with them. Cause that first two hours we work together, we do such deep work in that first two hours. And that helps us establish a connection and it helps me serve them better. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I get to know them. And some of my clients, we still keep in touch three years later. So that's allowed me to be a better mom to Alexis because I can allow her to walk authentically. And I advise her, I think, a lot better than I maybe have over the years. And I try to step out of them. What really I've tried to step out of the mom role sometimes Mm -hmm. when I'm responding to her or helping her out and try to see it from a different view. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so all these various client engagements have helped me show up and and I think in a much better way in my personal life. Mm, that's so interesting. Do you see how like how you are the strategies that you're bringing to those relationships like with your daughter? Can you see that in her like the way that you are and the way that you do things? Yeah, I see some of it. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And because she shares with me her engagement with her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, to be frank with you, I see my old self in my daughter, you know, and, and part of that pains me, uh, to be frank. But mm-hmm. I also know that she's got to go through some of it the way I did. So, mm-hmm. you know, and when her with her um, uh, romantic relationships and her father left. Okay. So our divorce, she was young. She had some of the same experiences I did, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it shaped Alexis and her view when she sees in the mirror of her value because her father dismissed her. Right. And it didn't, uh, Chris has done a great job coming in her life when she was six, but still her father, you know, who mm-hmm. shows up at 13 out of the blue. And now she's 23. She still doesn't have a relationship with him. That is her choice, but it shaped her. And so I saw some of my old self in her and how she latched on, made some bad choices and decisions, her definition of what it means to be loved, you know, uh, the wall she tended to point up for herself as well, the perfectionism. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Aaron, I had perfectionism to the point where I had nervous stomach when I was younger, my daughter and this perfectionism thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I tried to kill it with her. So yes, 
I see some of the positives and I see some of the opportunities as well. Oh, it's so interesting. I have a daughter too, who's seven. And I grew up in a family where my parents divorced when I was young. I have two kids. I divorced when they were young. And it's so interesting. One of the things I really appreciate though about doing the work is that I feel like I can support her in a different way, right? By like mm-hmm. having that lens oh, of being like, I see what's happening here. How can I love you through this? Like, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And you have the, the 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 wonderfulness of doing it at seven. I think I picked up on some of that when she was young as well. I got better in her like preteen years, mm-hmm. uh, and that was oh, those were tough years. But yeah, supporting my daughter. I'm so different than my mom. I'm so different. Because I saw what happened, your point's so on, it's so on target. I saw what happened to me in that environment and I did not want to repeat it, right? So negative, I've never said a negative word about her dad. When he did show up, I left it up to her to decide, mm-hmm. you know, even as an adult, she'll say, mom, my father's still trying to reach out. Should I talk like Alexis? That's really up to you. Flip the script. If it was my mother, oh, she had all kinds of, you know, and And I felt obligated, right? Because that's the parent that I stayed with. That's the parent that seemed to care. So, you know, you're so spot on. And so I'm better for those experiences and helping her. And I also realized that uh, from a distance, I have to let Alexis grow and become the person and have the discoveries like I had so that she can get to a level of comfort. I have, I will say that at 24, I can see what well, Chris and I just said that the other day, I can, we can see our daughter really starting to settle into herself finally mm. and really just, you know, and, and loving who she is and, you know, doing well and not being yeah. so hard on her, all that stuff that, you know, that used to be there, it's starting to go away. So I'm happy for her. Mm. Yeah. What a gift. And what like, what a gift to have an example as a parent, as a, as a coach, as a consultant, like, and as a boss, right? Like, cause you're still in the corporate world yes. as well. Like yeah. it is just such a gift to be in your presence and to be with someone who's kind of like doing that work and really embodying that and teaching other people. And I just think it's so fascinating that, you know, we're, we're doing the work to be more successful, let's say like in a particular trajectory and how that really affects us in so many different ways. It does. And it it's, sure does. you're making generational impacts. Like it, it, there's so many ripples just from if we're helping leaders who are then affecting other teams, Yes, those teams go home, they have families. Like this is really, really important work. And I just thank you for showing oh, up and for sharing so much, yourself Aaron. and like sharing your skills. It's so important and you're, you're such a gift. Just thank you for you. Oh, I really appreciate you, Erin. It's so important. I'm like this at my nine to five as well. And my mm-hmm. teams come first and I'm, I'm always trying to impress upon them the importance of being authentic, vulnerable and, and self-care and all. I, I even provide training around it. So you're right. Mm-hmm. It, it is so important to me in every aspect of what I do. It's been an honor. I really appreciate you having me. Oh, and I, I so appreciate podcast. Thank you for you. I love this. I love it. <laughs> yes. And I love you. Can I say that? Yes. I, I love, love you too. <laughs> I do. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, it's Erin. And I want you to know that you matter. Everything you're doing and everything you've done, it all matters. It all counts because you are important to the people around you, your family and friends, your audience, your clients, and quite honestly, to the world. Whether you're changing lives on the front line or changing lives while you're changing diapers, your presence 
matters. Every life you touch counts. And from just one interaction, there can be infinite, meaningful effects. And for that reason, I want to thank you for showing up and doing the work to be with yourself and share your light and your gifts and your love with those around you. If you want support with any of this human being stuff, you're always welcome to join me inside of my coaching membership, Human Being Club at humanbeingclub.com or follow along with me on Instagram for more behind the scenes, silly stuff at Erin Lindstrom. Once again, thank you for being here and thank you for you.